0: The night is alive, it's loud and I'm drunk
1: where intelligent dissonant thought meets melodic euphonious reality i am your musically magnanimous host nick the saucy one cat Source, broadcasting to you as always from the top of meth mountain tennessee and i also want to introduce my procussively proficient co-host calling in from the nether regions of charm city tonight my pal <laughs> odell
0: what's up man
2: what's up how you doing
1: it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. We got snow. Last it
2: time. is, man. Yeah, we got a we got a dusting here in Baltimore. So, uh I woke up, it was uh, the kids were excited. They were excited, but uh, you know, uh it's it's getting to be that time, man. We're we're getting to the end of the year here. It's crazy.
1: Well, when we get snow down here in Tennessee, it's like snowpocalypse. They have to close the school for 9 years. Everybody's flipping out and buying 14 gallons of milk and
3: Don't forget the bread. <laughs>
4: Yeah. And toilet yeah, and yeah, toilet, <laughs> toilet paper.
2: Toilet paper
1: is paramount in a situation.
2: Like I swear. This. Yeah, I mean, you you shit more in 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 uh, in snowstorms. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, My, uh, I'm pretty steady
1: there. I don't know
0: whether.
2: or not. I, I read I read that on the internet. <laughs> oh, oh. In that case. I told you, telling me fake news all this time.
1: And then in the background, um, the person who makes us always sound beautiful, and will probably cut out all the shit comments because we're morons. <laughs> the lovely D Maven, D, D. Producer,
3: D, D, D prizer. just D. D is easy. Uh, Yeah, and um, everybody out there, if y'all cannot figure out what gifts to buy somebody or if you just have a little extra money hanging around, remember, there are tons and tons of agencies in your area, I promise, that would take gifts, take money for kids' gifts. Um, We actually took two kids' lists this year, and it was the most fun shopping I've had in forever. It was just so much fun. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I mean, it's it not just mindless consumerism. Yeah. You're, I mean, it still is, but then you could kind of cloak it in. I'm doing something for people
2: who. Are yeah. Right. Yeah. Mean, we do was, that. with. The kids are, the are kids learning that too. Anymore.
3: Yeah. Our kids aren't yeah. anymore, so I don't get to go yeah. buy the cute little shiny stuff for anybody in my life. And I was like, hey, I get to buy, like, look at this cute pink coat. Isn't this adorable? <laughs> like, yeah.
2: It was yep. so much
3: fun. Yeah.
2: I know so for, I, have, I know for us.
3: such a paternal need now
1: that the kids are grown and we're becoming empty nesters that you're dressing our fucking dog up in bow ties. So it's good you get to shop <laughs> for children again.
3: Hey, yeah. bro, a looks good on my
2: dog. Yes. Yeah. And in the city you get, uh, and I and I know I know around here we do a lot of uh, what we call blessing bags. So um nice. basically we make these little uh bags for like the homeless around here, hand warmers, advantage. uh Hot cocoa, put a cup in there. Uh, little food, toothbrush, things like that. Um, just you know, and and um and we let the kids pass them out, which is awesome too. So they mm-hmm. they, they 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 have a newfound respect for uh, what goes on and 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 don't take what they get, you know, for granted. So it's re- it's a it's a really great yes. thing all the way around. That's
1: I awesome. think every kid should see that. That's why at an early age I was taking my daughter out. Like even when she was three, we were like picking vegetables for the homeless and doing stuff like that yeah yep.
2: it's important it's important so,
1: all right Dee, what do we have coming up um in the coming ooh, oh my god the end of the decade got a couple more oh things my
3: gosh happening. yeah we've got our big giant end of the year show Yep. like it's going to be insane um and actually tonight we have a double show because in a little bit we're going to be talking with Miriam from pool blood is that correct yeah that's, yes. that's correct that band?
1: And the um mm-hmm. end-of-the-year show, do you know who's coming on?
3: I, I don't know anymore. We it's have
1: Poppy ashamed. Joan Crawford, our friend Hannah Rose Dexter's finally yes. put an album out. BB's yep. calling in from the Department of Descriptive Services. And Groff is horror from um, Arno Corpse. All kinds of great stuff. Episode it's 99, so- too, man. We're rocking I know. 2020 with episode 100. Can
2: you believe We're this? getting there. We're
1: getting there. We're getting there. All right, are we ready to get tonight's guest in here? Because he's he going on stage this. shortly, so I don't want to yeah. have him in the wings much longer. Let's are we do good, it. Yep, yep. Oh,
3: yeah, go, 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 go. Talk. You're my good. compass. Yes.
1: You keep me on the straight and narrow. All <laughs> right, tonight's guest is insightful, passionate, and brutally honest in his songwriting, a true voice for the next desperate generation from the post-punk band Beachling. It's finally, finally, <laughs> we've got
4: James Alex on here. James, James. happy holidays. Hey, hey, happy holidays. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I feel, uh, I hope I can hold up to that introduction. That was really sweet of me. I
0: gotta tell you, man,
4: you've been awe-inspiring, and and
1: we're going to dig into this, too, because it's so hard to remain positive online, and I want to thank you, too. I know you're playing a show in New York tonight, and you're probably, like, running around in circles backstage, so thanks for taking the time out to speak with us. Oh, no, of
4: course. Yeah, please, you
1: know. All right, well, let's dive in, man. Um, One of the yeah, things I want to talk about is I was checking out your stuff. I've been trying to get this arranged for a while, so I've been checking your stuff out for a while. You seem like somebody who seems completely sincere, completely authentic, especially mm-hmm. how you approach your art. And I'm looking at all these interviews, and I'm kind of following your social media With all the negativity, and, you know, Facebook's a fucking viper's pit, like with social media, (laughs) how do you not, because this is something I struggle with, so this is like a question and advice in the same package,
0: how do you not let this
1: stuff kind of turn you into someone who's less open with his self-expression, or even kind of defensive of his music, like, how do you not let this change you, or do you just, like, live so separately from social media, you don't even look at that shit?
4: yeah I th- man I think it's a combination of both of those things like I um you know when I was first like active on social media because of like being in abandoned stuff I was like I don't know you-, you ever see that movie Angus you know and it's just about that like
0: you sort yeah. of put this
4: thing in, 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 you know into the bloodstream and like sooner or later like it has to be accepted and I was like if I'm gonna like ride or die by something like I, d- I really did want it to be optimism because there's so much crumminess around and like you know, I, I've got kids that man. I'm I'm trying to like map out like, yeah, it's tough, but it's also beautiful. And I I, I suppose mm-hmm. I just wanted them to see how you can sort of land on the better side of that that equation, right? So I suppose that that's given me a lot of like a lot of moxie to sort of keep knocking forward. Um, because I've been called out on it a lot. I think people even think it's like it's been called like a shtick, you know, my positivity. And I'm sort of like, man, how 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 muffed up is the world now to think like.
2: You know, Cause it's, it's so foreign. Bad. Exactly. Right. Yeah. The yeah. question so like questioning questioning your positivity. Yeah. It's oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Get we're it. sort.
4: We're, we're sort of. Yeah. We're in a bad spot. You know. So I suppose it, it just gave me a, maybe a, maybe a little a little bit more to sort of like hold that ground. You know. And then I, I think like I think lately, you know, I still like like I'll create all this content and stuff, but I but I for social media, but I, but I don't really go on it. I don't I don't participate in it. I just I think it's a. You know, it can be a great thing, but it can also just be a feeding ground for just nonsense and you know, I, I suppose trolling is the word folks use, you know, and it's just like I just don't have any interest in like in, in, in any of that. You know, it's tough enough mm-hmm. to sort of like you know, keep lights on at home and you know, make make sure make sure my kids are doing right and, and, and you know, doing all that kind of stuff. And I, I just I, I suppose I just I shifted my focus like where it matters. I don't I don't necessarily care if you know, I, I show somebody a a picture of the meal I ate and I, and I want, I'm desperate for like a lot of likes on that. Right. I just like, I've got, I suppose I just have bigger things that I want to make sure I take care of. So I guess that's, that's helped me, you know, those two things, you know, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm at a place, I suppose, where I've, I've figured out like, at least in my life, like kind of what matters and what's just sort of, sort of silly, you know? But before Um, we
1: got on air, I was just talking to Adele about this. I was like, a lot of people I know, including myself, and I work on social media. I manage some pages and stuff for actors and various people and art podcasts and stuff. Mm. So I have to be there a little bit at least engaged. But I was like, um, you know, if you let the trolls, if you let the people that are just spitting venom all day and hate, if you let them have social media – Then that's also dangerous, too, because then it's one type of information coming at you. But then who wants to sit there? I'll look back at memories (laughs) when I used to actually fight with these assholes for hours. And I'll go, God, I I burned seven hours arguing with these dudes that are blocked now. Like, this is like the most meaningless exercise of futility ever. But then if you check out, then you're just handing it over. So it's this weird catch-22 where you kind of have to be in the fight if you don't want to be in
4: the fight. Yeah, that makes sense, man. I, I suppose it is like an act of futility, right? It's just, it's one of those where I'm like, if I get in there and sort of duke it out, right? I'm I'm not going to win. I'm not going to change your mind because your, your entire reason for existing here is to just, is to be that, that sort of dope, right? So I suppose like, so what I, I suppose what I do is I sort of slip the jab, you know? I'm like, I'm not going to like get involved in this sort of like that buffoonery sort of vibe. So what ah. I'm going to do is I'm just going I'm just going to plaster positivity up and not even give you a chance to take a whack at it, you know? It's just like it's just this sort of like it's this sort of romantic ninja sort of approach, you know? I sort of like <laughs> you know, I sort I sort of
1: You are the kissing bandit of social media. Climb in the window, kiss someone on right? the
4: cheek, leave them a rose and then you're out. There you're out rose and i'm out yeah it's like if you swing back it's like i've already split you know it's like I. oh yeah 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 because it's just it isn't it isn't you're not really interested in in the in the fight or the narrative or nope not at all or or whatever it is right you're just interested in this sort of like responsive sort of this responsive dumbness or whatever the thing might be and i just like i'm just not going to do that so i'm just going to keep you know, to, to your sort of analogy, I'm just going to keep dropping flowers down. And it's like, at some point you're going to choke on that beauty. Right. And it's like, but I'm not giving you a chance to choke me on like your sort of cruelty, you know, it's just, and it's, it it's worked out, you know, um, I suppose I just like, and I'm sort of oblivious to it. So I drop these, like these lines and these photos or whatever it might be of like, we're going to be all right. We're going to get through this. And if like, it's just like, you know, and then I get out and then it's just kind of like everybody's just left with like this is a place that can sort of stitch the wounds back together. And it's like mm-hmm. I, I just I, I feel like folks who try to troll it, it just it doesn't even I think what, what's been effective in beach science world is it just it doesn't gain momentum because it just. It isn't fanned there. Like the flames just aren't fanned. So it just sort of dies and then they just sort of run off to find, well, where am I going to get that reaction that I'm that I'm looking for? So
1: are you getting you less of it today than you did a few years ago because of that strategy?
4: I think so. I mean, like like I said, I mean, I'm just I'm sort of like removed from it now. Like I I, I just create really sincere writings and, and and artwork and flyers and stuff to sort of put up and say like I can't believe you care about what I do. I love you. I'm so grateful for this life, like all of that stuff. And it's sort of like, and then I'm just, I'm not really waiting to be punched back. I don't, because I don't, you don't have the time for it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm already gone. And I'm just not interested in being hit. Like if I'm saying something that you passionately disagree with, and you want to have like concern dialogue, because like you think I'm on the wrong side of history, like I'll talk to you for hours and we can do that. And we'll, split a bottle of wine while we do it. And it'll be great. Like, uh, but, awesome. but if it's yep. just like, yeah, but if it's just like, if it's just that sort of goofy sort of troll approach to things, I'm just like, yeah, I'm not interested in that because it doesn't lead to, it doesn't lead anywhere. Like we're not really trying exactly. to get any like higher truth or any higher understanding. We're just trying to like, like rattle the drum and like my head rattles enough, man. I don't need, I don't need <laughs> <to say, laughs> so it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's kind of that, you know, yeah, it's kind of that, I
2: suppose. And I know James uh, uh, just talking I you were talking, mentioning that you have kids and 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 Nick and I sure. uh, D we all have kids as well. And it's one of those right. things where it's like like you said I just don't have I I used to every now and then especially on the political side I would say something and somebody would you know say something and then it would and you were getting that right here it's like it messes you up on the inside you're start you're like sure. you get worked up and and sure. after a while I'm just like you know what I'm I'm good. Um, but going back, I just want to get back into the musical side of things. Um, you're, you're now, I mean, I I've, I've looked at a lot of, uh, who you're touring with, who you're playing, you're playing with like the, you know, you tour with the Google Goo dolls in November dashboard, confessional Jawbreak, all these big time bands. But sure. at the beginning, I read that if it wasn't for your friends influencing you to put out your music, you wouldn't be where you are right now. How did, how did that come about?
4: That's right. Yeah, yeah. I was just sort of like blocked off, you know. Because I'm I'm really built introvertedly. You know what I mean? Um, I'm gotcha. I'm in a band by virtue of what I do. You know, so I just like there's you know, some few trusted people in my life. I was playing these songs for, um, to just be like, yeah, what do you think, man? I wrote these things. What do you? And he, a, a friend of mine said, you know, these are really too good to just sort of like live and die in your room. Like you should let you should record these. You know. Um. So mm-hmm. yeah, properly recorded them. Like talked to my friend Mike about. You want to put these out? Like it's not a real band. We're probably never going to play shows for it. But are you interested? And he was like, I don't care if you play a show. I dig the songs. So, like let me put it out.
2: And then it happened.
4: Like it. Like I always refer to slang <laughs> as like an. Like honestly, like an accidental band. You know, it's like. It's like put, we put out that first seven inch, and then like I moved to California to be a graphic designer because I was like fresh out of art school when it started. Um, oh wow yeah and I just split and I was was living in in Newport Beach just like designing and you know surfing and sort of like being like yeah I made this record I'm really proud of and but that's all it's going to be it's going to be this cataloging of these things that were in my head and now they're on vinyl and that was really as much as I thought and then really to my surprise and I say that sincerely like people cared about it and I was yeah okay well now I get to make a second record because now labels are saying, you want to make more songs? And I was like, sure, you're going to like pay for me to go in and record songs. And it was like I made a second seven inch and it was people cared about that. And I just it kind of just kept going from there. But it like it caught me by surprise. But if it, if it wasn't for that first friend, I don't know, sort of validating me like, you know, like I, I suppose like self-belief is something I've I've struggled with. Maybe right. my whole life, right? But, but it was like, you know, you get that little like nod from somebody you love or trust. And it's like, all of a sudden, you're like, okay, maybe I'll chuck this thing out into the world. I, I don't have to be completely fearful of it. And that's like how this thing happened all by almost there an accident, you know,
1: musical that's osmosis, all. you might say. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you, you, you may say that you might say that <laughs> so here's what i'm interested in because this
1: is an interesting See, i part knew of i was story. the right
0: guest to be here yeah yes <laughs> so there well, you go
1: it's <laughs> totally right serendipitous. um so you, you were someone who were playing in bands for years you were in weston yeah. through the 90s sure. through the early 2000s you go out to california you figured <laughs> i put that part of my life behind me was this like I'm done, I've moved on type of sensation. And then it was like Al Pacino, like just what I thought I was out, the cosmos brought me back in again. Or yes, were you yes. always like, man, I really hope something pulls me back into this music world because at my center, at my core, this is what I am. And this is all diversion, just kind of waiting for that
4: to happen. Yeah, no doubt. Like that's that, that big whatever gooey hole we have in our you know it's like it's it's only really figured out by rock and roll like that's it's it's the thing I love right but but it's like but I wasn't so sort of like arrogant to think I'd have another crack at it right so it's like so yeah I was obviously always hoping for it but I, I suppose cautiously cautiously assuming it could happen and then it just did you know but of course yeah I was I was always hoping for it you know I um because, I, I, you know, I remember that record came out and it got a couple of reviews. I, I remember it was, I I think, like, Noisy reviewed it at first and it was really kind and then Brooklyn Vegan. And I was like, wow. You know, and then, like, I remember getting picked up by a a really, like, a, a big booking agency before, like, Beachline ever played a show. And I remember... Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, and I remember thinking, like, I there's something, like, special happening here. Like, just that weird sort of whatever it is about, like, rock and roll like it's not like science i guess it's just well let me interject real quick
1: as you're out in california pursuing this new life there was never like a "Eh, i don't know if i want to go back down the road i already closed that door it was always an all in yes i'm glad it's back i'm ready to jump back in type of attitude
4: oh for sure i i jumped straight away i mean i remember the conversation there was a parking lot across the across the street from the ad agency i was i was designing at, and um i and i just knew that that was that was how it was going to sort of sort of roll and i just you know like paul westerberg wrote this lyric about like a leap of faith or a jump of stupid right and you know, jump of stupid yeah yeah you know? yes. i mean i didn't know you know it was one of the it was one of those i'm not i'm still not sure which but it that's what it was but it was but it was immediate it was like i know i had to do this because i didn't want to be 74 years old like on my rocker thinking like what if you know that, what that, if? that that's the most that, that's the most two dangerous words you know in, in the in the english language you know we are right? cut
1: from the same cloth man i, I amen I, I tell people they this do. all the time i live my life working backwards from my deathbed nobody on her deathbed's ever like man i wish i had a bigger television or a nicer they're always <laughs> sure. like oh man i wish i took that trip to paris i wish i wrote that great american novel it's always the things okay. they didn't do they regret oh, that- i I don't want to live like that. So I'm always like, all right, how am I going to look at this on my deathbed? And if it's like, man, I might
4: regret this shit, then I take the chance. That's it for sure. Yeah. I've always subscribed to like quality, not quantity. You know, it's like, I've only ever really cared about like, like even materialistically, it's like, I just want to get like records or like books or go on trips. I've never cared about like, it was really weird when I was, when I was a real little kid, my mom, I was raised by just my mom and she signed me up for this, like, mickey mouse book club and i'm a real little kid i mean it was like that, you know uh-huh. that print worth like 20 24 point font you know because you're just really <laughs> learning how to read and i and i had like right. one book and, and it was like the one scenario as he's going through and everything in the castles like made of gold and uh, you know and then the other one is just like it's like wooden tables and it just had like a little bowl of fruit and even as a kid before i even knew what wealth or poverty was i was like that just appealed to me more and i was and i felt grateful that like whatever god is or whoever creates the human form built me in a way that like i didn't really care about things Beautiful. like wealth well you know what i mean i just like exactly yeah, like, and and i felt like that was just the luck of the draw like that's just the way my soul was carved you know it's like um I, i'm not faulting people for whatever like they think or believe or feel but it was just like like even as a little kid like i you know i felt grateful that like i looked at those two pictures and i like i went to the page on the right and it's like I don't know. You know, that's sort of in, that, that weird little book club is sort of informed all these years later. And, you know, my life and it's it's strange. But I, I go back to that weirdo Mickey Mouse book, you know? Yeah, but I think <laughs> you know it, it holds up. And I, yeah, like I said, I, I, I feel grateful that that's that's where I tipped. And that's the way I was sort of wired, you know,
2: that's awesome. Hey, James, yeah, I know. Um, awesome. That. uh there's not, as, as musician Nick and I, we all, we've played in bands, played in numerous bands, um, got the tour, was fortunate enough to play with uh, people that we influenced us as a, as an artist, how, inc- just explain it to people how awesome it is for the fact that not only are you playing music that you're influenced by, but you're actually playing with
4: artists that influenced you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's about as weirdo and, lovely as it gets right it's like I, I it's sort of like you know I like, like my favorite band in, in the world like forever until i die is the replacements and like tommy yeah. simpson played tommy simpson played bass on this record right it was just like
0: you know <laughs> we're,
4: we're, we're out on tour with the Google dolls like we're playing with the Google dolls tonight like that's where we are in huntington uh, huntington new york and it's just like oh wow you know I've, I, yeah man and i've sort of described it as like 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 now in my phone like i can text as my friend the guy who wrote iris like that's fucking trippy you know what i mean yeah. like that's a weirdo thing and it's like i've been like thinking about it and talking about it and I've, I've been doing some interviews and i and i sort of described it as like you know it's like this really it's like when your heroes become your friends it's 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 a i i i said like i wrote this thing about like when i was tracking with tommy where i was at his studio and we're standing two feet from each other and he's playing bass and I've got my guitar and we're looking at each other and he's making these faces I've seen on these Matt's videos and these Matt's posters and him and I were just drinking this bottle of bourbon together and I'm I'm looking at Charlie my manager and I just can't believe this is my life and I was like and I described it as like the posters on my wall came to life and patted me on the back like you know and I think yeah I think like that's the most succinct way I can say it it's like it's sort of like I, I don't know the the ultimate validation of just like these are the these are the cats that like the reason I picked up a guitar at first and tried to put like these dumb little words I was writing to like a loud guitar like these are the guys who paved that road and then it's like now we're playing and they're saying like I really dig that song you wrote or this record or this your show was I, I it's like I don't know what more do I need right I, I told Charlie if, if after any of these any of these events, like if I if I kick over and like I turn in the dust, man, I was like, just know that I went happy. You know, it's There like, you go. I suppose I, I suppose without trying to sound melodramatic, that's that's maybe the best way I can describe it. It's like, you know, rock and roll has been the one thing I've cared about since I figured out what it meant to care about a thing. And it's like, you know, now to have these these people you've looked up to for so long, like sort of dig the thing you're doing and take you out to do shows. I don't know. You know that feel, that feels pretty all right. Yeah. And that's yeah. like and
2: it's one it is one of those things too where it's like not only are you playing but you're also having these people influence your records. So, yeah. You 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 have Tommy playing uh playing on the album. You 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 know you have the members of the Googles actually helping you produce your album. And yeah. it, and and it that is crazy. If you, I mean, if you honestly think about it, here that would be like, you know, Nick and myself, you know, playing, and then all of a sudden Milo from the Descendants was like, "I really like right what off. you're doing. I want to be a part of that." That is yeah. mind blowing <laughs> to me. <laughs> Hell yeah,
4: that's that's really really cool. I have, I can share a Milo story with you if you if you don't mind me if you don't mind indulging. Me, no,
2: no, like, no, play, no, no,
4: yeah. not at, at all. Like, <laughs> my, yeah, yeah, and like my first band, Weston, I they Descendants took us out for like three or three or four shows, it was something like that, and we were playing at Irving Plaza in New York, bigger place than Wesson ever thought we'd play, and we're sound mm-hmm. checking, and we're just kind of doing our dumb little thing, singing our dumb little pop punk songs or whatever, and, like, we look over, and Milo's leaning on the, the monitor, bo- uh, the, you know, the soundboard for the monitors watching us, like, like he cared, you know, and I was, oh. like, we all, <laughs> honestly, we all started, like, knees knocking. That I, I think that was, like, and I was probably a teenager at that point right and we just thought like that's it this is as big as it'll ever be we don't have to do any you know and it was just that was the first moment where i had that thing where it's like heroes like real life that's heroes. incredible hero, you know yeah it was like can like care about the thing you do because you know how it is like that that was like your story right but it's like you see these folks as like at least the way i've seen them is like mm-hmm. you're sort of almost otherworldly right and then it's like yes no, you're just another kid who picked up a guitar, or a microphone or drums and like decided you were going to start a band. And it was like, there was something honest and like necessary in that, that I needed to see or find out, you know, but that was was the first one that, yeah, that was the first one that ever happened was like Milo at at that show, like caring about this band that was kind of nothing when we were just sound checking. Like, and I was like, wow, so you can be like, you can, you can be that person in life. Like, mean so much to so many people and then still care about this band that nobody knows, like that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that, you know, that, that's the, that's, that's the road I, I want to run down, you know? Yeah.
1: And it's all about levels, right? Well, so a couple of things. Sure. One, I think I saw you guys play with either Lifetime or Sensefield in DC years ago. Oh, sure. Okay. Yep. Well, did yeah, did yeah. you guys play with Sensefield or Lifetime? We did. I'm, I'm For, almost oh, certain we, I saw you guys play either Black Hat or 930 back yep, in the it, 90s it, it, with them
4: yep it could have been either one man i mean we toured with lifetime and played with lifetime a whole bunch but we definitely played um with sensefield as well I, and i feel i feel lucky to get to say both of those bands right and i'm yeah. sorry i don't remember it specifically
1: because i've seen a thousand shows in my life but i'm like i'm 99 sure i saw
2: you cats but i think lifetime. like 99 or 2000 yeah maybe yeah, even a okay, little later cool. yep
1: Yes, but another right thing on. is, yes. is I remember my buddy when I was young. I'm talking early 20s, because I'm I'm me and Odell's a little bit older than you. We're in our mid to late 40s. And my buddy Jason was in a fairly well known band. And I remember the first time I went backstage to one of his shows, and it was like this whirlwind. Like, oh my god, I'm backstage at a show. And then I started throwing shows and playing shows, <laughs> and then yeah. people. That, like you were saying, like I work for William Sanderson, who's the mayor in Deadwood, and he played Larry on New Heart growing up and stuff. And he was telling right me, like, when I first met him, how he loved my YouTube videos that I do. And I understand that sensation. And we were talking with someone on a show a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. And I was like, you know, even if you didn't make it totally where you wanted to, no matter what level you're at, being able to create and work with people that you admire. That you respect their art, like that's a gift. Yeah. And that's something ninety-nine percent of the planet doesn't get to do. So I don't oh, I try cool. not to get boggled up and well, I want to be here and I'm only here. Like I try not to focus on that and go, damn dude, I work for William Sanderson. Like I've I like yeah. that's somebody I grew up appreciating his art, and now I know him on a personal level. Well, I've played shows with these bands, you know, like I've I've done interviews with the pist and some of my heroes. That when I was right listening on. to them in my car on cassette tapes, I never thought I would even, like, get to smell their hair care products as they walk by. <laughs> and now I fucking know them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I do. I, I, so it's I'm all about kind of perspective. it's that. it, amazing. Yeah. Right. But sure. it also kind of takes away the romance of it where it's like, yeah, we're all just kind of people working and trying to put our art and creativity out there. So it kind of steals sure. away the romantic component of it as well. But then you Mm -hmm. have to recenter yourself and go, you know what, dude? I'm damn lucky. I'm damn lucky I even get to talk to you tonight
4: out of my bedroom in Knoxville. Sure. Right on, man. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, I suppose, like, making it is a relative term, right? It's like it depends on how you define it, right? So I was like, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the thing I've always felt, man. I think it's a lot like you. It's like I never, like, yeah, I need enough money to keep the lights on at home. But I never really cared about that stuff. But it was like, you know like like moments like that, like meeting heroes or somebody coming to a show or somebody caring about a record that you've admired, like those have always felt like, I suppose the the only paychecks I really dreamed about when I first picked up a guitar, it was like, it's kind of like, you know, like you remember that song like 99 Balloons" in like the 80s? And yes, it was like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the only reason like Nina like started a band is like she wanted to meet Mick Jagger, you know, and it was kind of like, I suppose I wasn't really far from that. It was kind of like, man, if I like, so you can like start a band and then like Weston's doing his thing and we're just kind of knocking around the country. And then we get to Google play shows with like, you know, the descendants or like whatever rocket from the crypt or rancid. And we were just like, this is it, this is everything. And what, we had like nothing in the bank. We didn't care about that. (laughs) We were just like, we're meeting like these, you know, these folks that made these records that like, let us find ourselves, you know, gave us purpose. Like this is why we're doing this. And it was like, so yeah. So making it to me, is like, Man, I've already made it, right? i I'm doing things that like I've never really cared about the like the money, famey, whatever kind of part of it. It's like I've done so much of what I've 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 only ever dreamed about. Anything that happens from here on is just sort of like
2: gravy, gravy. cherries cherries, yeah. sliced yeah. bananas. Yep. Yeah, it's just gravy. That's on. it. Yeah, for
4: sure. Yeah. For I right I know
1: on. you got to get out of here soon. We've got to talk about the new album, um, the Debbie yeah. Bang of Heartbreak City, which comes out January tenth. Oh. Here's one thing, and I listened to this album, and it seems like it has a lot more angst. The energy level is a totally type of different energy to me. When you look at this new album, does it feel like it's an extension of your previous work and like just kind of the next step in the evolution? Or does it feel like something completely different, like you're just going in a new direction and it's is kind of a departure from what you were doing before, and now you're kind of just grasping on to something new and you've kind of shifted gears. How do you, as, as this album's finally come together and you can kick back and listen (laughs) to it in the
4: car, how do you see this album? Yeah, I think it, to me, primarily it's evolutionary, but, but I think there are definitely like really pointed moments of like departure, you know? And I think it's just like, You know, I've thought about it in the way that like, you know, the first two EPs and the first two LPs were this sort of singular narrative, you know, it was like, like, if you think about writing a book, it's got chapters and that book had four chapters and then it was done and like I closed it and it was like, okay, so what are you going to say next and it took me a little time to figure out what that was and I I think that was the cause for the lapse between records but I was like, you know, I went back and I really, I just sort of re fell in love with all these records i sort of grew up on and not all of them were punk records or not all of them were replacements records it was like acd3 and cheap trick and the cars and joan jet and whatever it might be like all of these like a, a lot more i suppose like like 70s and 80s sort of stuff and i was like i don't have to paint myself into a corner let me just write songs that like like you sit down in you all know the deal, right? You sit down with a guitar or piano or whatever instrument you might play and you, you just sort of bang away at that instrument until something makes your hair, the hairs on your arm stand up and you're like, there's something to that. And like, that's what it was. It's just like, it's, you're just chasing something that feels organically right to your bones, you know? And I think that's what it was. I mean, was I listening to like a ton of that stuff I just mentioned? Sure. But it was like, it still had to feel right. Like if I tried to just knock off cheap trick or ACDC, that didn't mean it was going to make the record, you know, it was like, you know, it just needed to feel right in my guts. But, but I definitely, it was like, I suppose I thought of it as, you know, I'm just writing, I'm writing a mixtape that I would send to a friend. I'm writing a love letter to rock and roll, you know? And it's like, you know, it's equal parts, all that stuff. Thin Lizzy, ACDC, like cheap trick, the cars, like, you know, Paul Westerberg, Kitty Wells, like, all this stuff that I really love and maybe before it was funneled through a narrower chamber, you know, and I suppose this time it yeah. was like, cool, I let you see this one little section of my record collection. Here's the whole fucking thing, you know? And it was, I just so suppose more expansive and inspiration, you know? Um, I think so, that's a good word expansive. Yeah. That's how it felt to me. Right, on.
2: right, so right James, on. did that, yeah, yeah. did that challenge you uh, instrumentally as well? Like I, I was reading how, you know, you were, you were doing some things a little differently, like, guitar wise vocally sure. definitely hearing it it sounds it sounds a little more intense uh vocally and instru- uh, guitar wise so uh can you take us through that
4: yeah yeah you know it it's like one of those things you know I was equal parts like inspired and in equal parts like ready to just quit right cuz it was like i didn't know <laughs> if i could play good yeah i you know because before it was like my approach to guitar was pretty punk you know bar chords and those just ratty little dingers you know and on this one i was like man i i for these songs like those ratty little dingers don't feel right i like i have gotta actually play guitar like in the way i think of like a real guitarist would play guitar and that was like you know blisters and blood on my fingers so i could find that out because i i i suppose i'm 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 wired in the way of like i don't want to be beat by something so i'd have like chords to a song and a melody and stuff like that and mm-hmm. I'm like yeah this, this feels good something about this is right but what's the sort of lead or like the little that stuff that goes on top of it you know and I couldn't figure that stuff out for a real long time and then I just really really started to like bear down into like the the question I suppose was was what would Keith Richards do right um and I, I started to explore yeah I really started to explore like those sort of weirdo tunings and that really blues inspired way to play guitar and like sort of figure that out and then just those you know I suppose even like and if you think of like Bob Mould, you know, the sort of howling, yeah. bends, you know, the sort of tension bends, you know, like, yeah. and I was like, well, if, if Bob Mould and, and Keith Richards, if I, they were tasked with playing lead guitar on this record, what would they do? And I, that was at least the mindset. And, I, and I'm sure I'm like, you know, a, a kajillion shade short of that. But it's like that was at least, you know, you set like a you set like an aim in your head and at least gives you you know what you're chasing right so i thought about it that way and then yeah you know just vocally like look man i just don't want to be like a xerox machine i don't want to be like well look this that and that thing connected on other records how do i just do that but instead of them being red they're going to be purple this time like that just feels People who connect with this band and have given me this life just, man, they just deserve better, right? But that's a great
1: point, though, and I got to interject because Tommy in the 80s is a song that has familiarity. As somebody who's 48, grew up in the 80s, loves watching Stranger Things and all these throwback shows in the 80s because that was my era, that show did not sound like a Xerox – or that show. That song did not sound like a Xerox copy. It sounded Mm -hmm. like – it sounded familiar, but it also somehow sounded new to me. And I think Tommy right in the 80s totally captured that. And you have lightning in a bottle there.
4: Yeah. And, uh, thanks, man. That's incredibly sweet of you to say. You know, and a lot of that's luck, man. And it's just like, I suppose that. I, and I think, man, you really just, you echoed, I think, like one of the sweetest compliments I think I've ever gotten with this so far. is like, it sounds familiar and new all at once. And like, I, yes. look, I'm, I, you know, I'm. I'm just going to do the thing where I'm like, I'm not going to change my hat. I'm not going to change my shirt. I'm just going to keep chugging along because I don't know how I'm getting that, but I, you know, you know, I suppose all we are is just this sort of like bash up of all the records we've listened to and the books we've read and all this thing. And for sure, however, you know, however Amen. that comes out, I guess it comes out that way out of me. So I'm just going to be like, I'm just going to try to hold on to those rails. You know, I just like, man, I just want to be honest and, and, and try to do something that means something. If, if the band never gets, big or bigger or what people define as successful, man, I never counted on that anyway. So it's just like, but what I want it to be is like, you know, people who've gotten like lyrics tattooed on them or have like, it's, it's nursed them through a breakup or a, a death of a parent or anything heavy, you know, mm-hmm. like that, that, that folks have shared with me. It's like, man, why do why do I care about money and fame when I, I've got those stories. To tell exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Man. Yep. So it's just like, yeah, so it's just like, I suppose when like those are, that's your metric of like success, like, I, you know, I have, I pretty much have joy bursting out of me. Right. Cause it's like, I, that's all I really wanted to do. And I suppose I'm doing that at least in the little bit of the world I've, I've sort of managed to like carve out and connect with, you know?
1: Well, I mean, and awesome. here's the thing, and we're going to play some Tommy in the eighties here in just a second, but that song was like a Brian Adams filling throwback type song that I actually right on, close man. my eyes when I listen to it. And uh, you know, you're reaching people when they close their eyes because they're like, dude, I don't even want to fucking be distracted by the calendar that's on my wall in front of me. And the like the mad right magazine. On. I got hanging up with weird out. Like, I don't want that stuff to even fucking distract me. <laughs> I just want to be immersed uh. in this moment. And kind right of be on. transported. And that's where the familiarity came in. But it wasn't like, oh, man, I heard this a thousand times before. I didn't get that sense right at on. all. It was new and familiar. So that's kind of how it made me feel. And it invoked the feeling. Right and I think if you're invoking the feeling, then that's it. That's, that's the game. You won. Like, there's nothing uh, else. There's no man. nothing else to reach for. You invoke the feeling.
4: Right on. Why doesn't this iPhone 11 let me jump through the thing and hug you, man? Like, I um, am. <laughs> it's like. Yeah and it's great like in Tommy in the 80s I literally like if you looked at the tracking tape on it like the one guitar part's called the Rick Springfield guitar you know what I mean it's like all <laughs> of it like, and that's the thing when I talk about just being like you you're formed out of everything you've listened to it's not that's it's not true. just the records that I would put on my resume because I think they're cool and they're going to make me look good man it's everything like it's you know everything. that Rick Springfield I was like this is the Rick Springfield guitar part and it's what this song needs like you know, there's, like, saxophone and, like, trumpet on that thing because it's what it needed. Like, I, I've never been interested in being cool or trend hopping or anything like that. I just want to be, like, I look at beach slang as, like, this really weirdo little bubble that just sort of got built, but really off the backs of, like, kids who started coming to these shows. And it's, like, that's who I'm writing for, you know? Like, and yeah, and I'm writing for them and myself. And, like, somehow between the two of that, like, I don't know we work this thing out that feels so special and i I just don't want to muck that up man you know so like i think you're on the right right, track though dude
2: you're definitely on the right right track man all
4: right let's play some comedy in the 80s and then
1: we'll come back and get you out of here
2: d take it away
0: Loud streets and lives and
1: in the 80s and ready to rock and roll we've got james alex here i'm going to wrap this up there's two things i want to hit real quick though i was amazed to see that you have a couple books out and as somebody who is such a creative tornado and always working on music projects one how do you find the time to even put together any kind of other project especially on a different platform and two it, when you're writing a book because i've tried my hand at writing a book before do you find it takes like so much more discipline or is it freeing because you're outside the usual constraints of the music writing process?
4: Yeah, certainly the latter, you know, there's no, you know, intended rhyme schemes or sort of, you know, rhythmic pattern to it. It's just sort of like, you know, you, you know, chucking it out from your gut, you know, I, and look, man, you know, writing, writing books, I suppose when you write something and you tour a lot, I'm, I'm just, I'm stuck in a van so much. And it's like, what am Ah, I going to do? What do I do at that time? Right. And it's just, it's such a great time to write because I'm seeing, you know, I'm waking up like crossing the desert or I'm waking up during sunset or we get to a show and it's like, you know, these kids come out and like shake the rafters in this city I've never been to before. And like, I get to meet a whole pile of them after the show. It's like all that stuff is such fodder for like, you, you, you want to like, you want to stamp it down for your own self. Right. And it's like, Mm -hmm. You know, and then you just, you know, a a dear friend of mine owns a, 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 you know, a pressing company and like is able to put these books out and we're able to like work together. And it's just kind of like, you know, and then I just, I sort of have these like really rad journals of like touring across the world and it's, and, and people want to read them. And it's like, if folks will keep reading them, I mean, I'm going to keep writing them. It's just a matter of like, do I make them public or do I just like you know, slip them in my desk at home. But if if, if people care, I'll, I'll I'll keep putting them. You know, between covers. Um, once folks stop caring, I'll still be writing them, and then they'll just they'll show up like you know after I'm dust, and maybe people want. To <laughs> yeah. You
0: know.
1: <laughs> right on. Let me hit this last thing. Quiet slang. Um, I don't. Sure. I'm not sure what's yeah. going on with it. What's happening in 2020 with quiet slang? And is yeah. it something you don't feel like you need to? I don't want to use the word retreat but is it not, is it something you'll need to shift into because the chaos and I know you've been through a lot of lineup changes and you put out so much sure. content in the beginning and it's so it was good kind of, it is really
2: yeah, good too like oh, a whirlwind
1: thanks. do you not need the quiet sling thing anymore because the turmoil of like just the insane flair that beach sling went up in in the beginning is kind of that like sure. kind of slowed down or are you going to be doing a lot more stuff with um quiet sling in 2020? Yeah, well, you know,
4: I hope to just because, like, you know, I've I've talked about it in the way of like, if I if I if I did this like, stretch my arms as far as they could, like in my left arm would be Paul Westerberg and in my right arm would be Stephen Merritt from the Magnetic Fields, you know, and uh, it's like I I I love them equally, you know, it's like violently sort of different bands, but I love them in like an equal measure, and I think like Beach Flying offers me the left hand and, and quiet sign offers me the right. So it's something it's mm-hmm. less about like, I need it as like a sort of re- retreating measure or just to like quiet down or to slow down or to be more thoughtful or whatever the thing might be. It's or just calm like,
1: is what I was thinking. Like or calm, or calm
4: for sure. It's just, it's just these two sort of like disparate things that I just, I love equally. And it's like, I hope I get to make the quiet one more often. You know, it's like I, you know, when I put the per- put the first record out it was sort of like is anyone even going to care about this or are they just going to be like pick up that guitar you bum we want to get drunk and loud right and it was like, (laughs) you know know, yeah right you know and then it it, you know it kind of worked and and i think it delivered you know look you know when i when i was younger what i really wanted to be was a writer you know and then i was like okay i heard jawbreaker for the first time and i was like well you can kind of be poetic and have these really loud crunchy guitars behind it and that had like this power to me that like I don't know if before that I discovered that band I understood you know oh, and, man. And amen amen it's like right yeah right on right so it was like so now I'm gonna take these little sappy sort of emotional things I'm writing and I'm gonna put in these loud guitars and maybe maybe that's where I find my voice right so that's been my chase um but Quiet Things maybe given me a way to frame those lyrics in a, in a in a different way where the lyric becomes sort of the star of the show instead of the bombast. Um, and and I, I think that that's been, it's a different power, but maybe equally tough, you know, and, and I, and I've liked, I've liked that, like folks have said really sweet things to me. And I think, I don't know, maybe when that record came out, like at least for a handful of people, it's what they needed. And I know it's what I needed. So I, I hope to get to do it again. I, I really do for sure.
1: Right on. All right. Well, that's a All great right, positive man. note to go out on um, yeah, a couple right on. things. One, of course, of course, thank you for calling in. Like I said, you're about yes, to jump on stage. Jay. And I know yeah, a lot oh, of people kind welcome. of like I have to watch Kung Fu movies before I go on stage. So I appreciate <laughs> you foregoing whatever pre-show rituals you have and spending right it with on. us. And course, um thank you. Also,
4: tell everybody where we can find you online. Oh, just com. That'll send you to everywhere we're located on the you know, the interwebs. Yeah. So just we we've made it simple for folks. We've chopped it down to beach slang.com. Right on. Be I'll be awesome. in New York yeah. in
1: February. Me and Dee are actually performing in a play. But do me a favor. Tonight, tell New York Musical Osmosis says hi.
4: Yes. Oh, I sure <laughs> I surely will. Right on. Right on, James. Well, thanks, thanks James. for calling in, man.
1: Appreciate it, bro. Thank you it, all bro. so
4: much for your time. It was real good talking to you. Right awesome, Have a good show tonight. Take care. Thanks so much.
1: All righty, kids. We have Bye. sent James on his way to work his magic. And we are out of here. We've got one more show. And then we are going to kick our 99th episode. Can you believe it, Odell? A new decade. I know, decade. man. It just a new me decade. The, and I didn't even think about that. I was like, man, dude, a New Year's is coming. And I was like, wait, this is a new fucking decade coming
2: up. Yes. I, I keep forgetting it, too. And then I, because, I, you know, it's one of those things, man, where you, you know, like CNN.com is like the things that happened in the decade. And I'm like, yeah, okay, well, it's 2000. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're going into 2020.
1: Plus saying <laughs> like the odds or saying the teens is clunky, but saying the 20s. And I always call this like the alt side down generation. Like the, the teens, the 2010s was like the all-side-down generation. And I'm hoping <laughs> we get that roaring 20 vibe now that we're going into the 20s.
2: But – you know. You know what this is the year of, right? What? We were talking about this at work. It's the it's the year of the Mad Dog 2020.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, like, I used to always
1: think like, tw- like Mad Dog 2020 sounds like a prescription. Like, yeah. oh, you're kind of stressed out. Let me write you a prescription for the Mad. And it's also <laughs> ironic that something called 2020, which is like perfect vision, like fucks you up so bad you can't see. You can't see yeah, so there's an
2: irony there. I but
1: know, isn't it? let me tell you the cynicism side, because I'm a cynic at heart. We have passed all the great movies we watched growing up. Blade Runner, which I have a personal connection to, of course. Yeah. Um, So that's deep. You know, that's the, the irony is deep within me. Back to the Future, Space Odyssey. All those movies aren't set in the fucking future anymore. Nope. Blade Runner was nope. um, November of 2019. So we've even passed the Blade Runner
2: future. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. We are there, man. We're and we're officially I I don't have home. a
1: flying car, I don't have a fucking hoverboard, I don't have a robot made like in Runaway. Remember that movie with Gene Simmons yes. and Tom? Stoic, oh my
2: gosh. Which oh, was geez. like
1: nineteen ninety-five or something, that movie was supposed to take place. My <laughs> god, that movie came out in, like '83 and it was supposed to take place in ninety-five. We are we're still nowhere near that movie. Remember yep. like the spiders yep. that shot the venom and the heat-seeking bullets and all that shit? Yes. <laughs> so now that I've bummed work. out everybody, after James's huge high of optimism, I've yeah, mad- he was awesome. managed to pull us into the deep, dark depths of despair. <laughs> as is my tendency, right, Dee? How do you how do you live
3: with me, Dee? Um, a lot of drugs. It's like no. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Uh, no. Um, I, I, don't, I love you.
1: I think my humor is the only thing that keeps this relationship
3: Yeah, you are funny. You're funny as hell. I love it. All right, we're
1: going to get out of here. Um, and All we'll right, guys. We'll be back yeah. in a couple weeks with episode 99. <laughs> 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 Downtown lost. Switch sweet